Hello to everyone tuning in to listen to my partner, Andre and I's podcast, The Amazing, Wonderful, Spectacular Gulf Prairies and Marshes of Texas. Yes, hello to all of our viewers listening to learn more about the Gulf Prairies and Marshes of our state, Texas. My classmate, Gary, and I are both part of Miss Shepard's Environmental Science class. We are both seniors at Dripping Springs High School, and we both love the Gulf Prairies and Marshes, and we'll be teaching y'all all of what we know and what we have learned about them. At first, I just thought it was a whole bunch of fish and nonsense down there. I love fishing so much, and I just go about every year with my friends. Well, you know, Andre Flores Perry, there's so much more to these lands than just fishing. There is a whole new world compared to ours here in Dripping Springs. I know that now, of course. I think it's time to tell our viewers all about the Gulf Prairies and Marshes of Texas. You're right. We should probably do that since this is why we're here. This ecoregion can be broken down into eight main habitat classes, consisting of brushland, grassland, forest, marsh barrier land, native and introduced grasses, parkland, parkland, woodland, mosaic, mosaic, <laughs> and urban. There's a whole new world like, there's a whole new world there like different animals, food, weather, people and endangered species, and they even have fresh water and salt water, which you know is the only place in Texas that has both. That's crazy. I do remember some things about this, actually, like the weather, now that you bring it up. What do you know about the weather, Andre Flores Perry? Well, Garrett Michael Kane, according to Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, the annual rainfall per year is about 30 to 50 inches, and the rain is very consistent throughout the year. Usually the temperature is high and very humid in these areas. That's pretty good. I bet the rain being consistent throughout the year is very good for local farmers, for rivers, lakes, for the animals, and even for just the common people that live there. Yes, Garrett. The farmers have more than 300 days of growing seasons each year, allowing, allowing them to make lots of products and lots of money. Garrett, what do you know about the land of the Gulf Prairies and Marshes? Uh, what I learned and read from the website Tale of Chapilo is that the Gulf Prairies and Marshes is a narrow band of 13 million acres of nearly flat land bordering the Gulf of Mexico. It is a region of rich sandy or clay loam soils that once was covered with tall grass prairies. Also, marshes and woodlands dot the prairies. Some cities within the Gulf prairies and marshes are Corpus Christi, Galveston, and the main one being Houston. Yeah, I fish all the time in Corpus Christi. That is where my friends and I go every year. Yo, 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 yo! That's so sick. What's your favorite thing about Corpus Christi besides fishing, of course? You know what I love to do? I love walking the beach and boarding the USS Lexington that is stationed there, which is an aircraft carrier built during World War II for the U.S. Navy. You can actually tour the ship, buy souvenirs such as your own custom-made dog tags, Dang. and get a great view of the Gulf of Mexico. If you have not visited the USS Lexington next time you're in Corpus, I would recommend putting it onto your to-do list. Yeah. Well, straight up. I've never been there. So next time I go to Corpus Christi, I will definitely book a tour and board the USS Lexington. With all this touring, though, I'm sure that, I'm sure that the urbanization has taken out lots of land in the Gulf Prairies and marshes. You know what, Gary? This is actually really sad, and you're right. About 90% of natural habitat has been affected by urbanization, making it very tough for animals and for the ecosystem to thrive, which is changing from vegetative environments to those of asphalt and concrete and reducing wildlife species. 
producing monocultures of grass that do not benefit the wildlife and increasing pesticide and herbicide use. As in industries, homes, restaurants, and many more things that take out this area that was once local animals and even local farmers, all this has changed the river flow and overall water purity, causing native animals to decline as they have less resource to survive. Dang, that's absolutely terrible. Do you know what people are trying to do to fix this cause that is going on down there? Well, there actually are people trying to help. A few days ago, I was reading an article on nature.org. Dot org, and there seems to be multiple organizations that are making an impact on protecting these animals in land. Do you know what they actually do, Garrett Michael Kane? Yes, actually. They are government-funded nonprofit organizations that are looking to conserve and replenish the damaged lands, the animals in the Texas Gulf Prairies and marshes. According to TPWD, Texas Gov, we are trying to educate the general public on human and wildlife interactions. Educate cities to enforce bearing trash cans and urban areas for commercial properties to limit unwanted feeding of wildlife species. And we are encouraging cities to modify mowing regimens and start prairie restoration projects. Currently, we have proposed several prairie restoration projects. One involves training science teachers from the Dallas Independent School District about the importance of prairies and basic restoration techniques for the environment. Wow, what a great cause. Can you please explain to me what these organizations have done for our environment specifically? Yes, I will. In Matagorda Bay, they're fighting to restore a 90-acre oyster reef that will filter impurities from the freshwater rivers flowing into the bay provide critical habitat for fish and sea life, and also provide a natural buffer to mitigate erosion and storm surges. Another project taking place is in the southwest of Houston with the goal of reestablishing crucial prairie land and protecting water quality in the Brazos River. Here, more than 300 different plant species cannot be found nowhere else, along with 120 different species of birds including a variety of migrating songbirds and grassland species that are in serious danger of going extinct. The 400 acres of untouched prairie also helps filter freshwater, prevent erosion, and minimize runoff. Wow. After all of that, I think it is time to call for an ad by Andre Perry talking about great fishing rods to use for your fishing in these lands. Alright, Garrett. There's all types of fishing rods. There's big ones, there's small ones. What? Obviously, you're not going to go out in the middle of the ocean and try to fish for a big old shark uh-uh. with a little rod, like a little trout rod. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is you need to go out there and you need to get a loose, mm-hmm. supermax, extra heavyweight shark rod with 400-pound monofilament Tied off to a, a thousand pound line weird line leader. Oh my gosh. And then you're gonna catch something out there. That Best is of luck to all crazy. you shark fishermen. Good luck to all y'all and thank you all for tuning in. Alright, back to the show. I've all actually looked at Kinder Rice, a website showing populations in that between two thousand ten and two thousand fifteen. 
the Houston metro area added, on average, 145,000 people per year. In the last three years, that figure has dropped to about 100,000 a year. Even with it dropping, the, n the number makes it hard for the ecosystem to thrive due to so many people coming in and destroying the lands for our own goods. Also, I looked into World Population Review that Corpus Christi is supposed to grow to 450,000 residents by 2020, making a 100,000 increase due to it being known for oil and a tourist attraction. This also hurts the ecosystem there and could really hurt the wildlife and the gulf there if we were having to fish out more fish to feed people. And if there's more people, there would be a higher chance of people polluting these water which really hurts not just the wildlife in the water, but the wildlife outside of the water and the people that live there. With all this land being destroyed, imagine the animals and plants that are being affected by this. In these lands, there are hundreds of different animals that live here, and many are becoming endangered animals. Wildflowers include beech morning glory, coral bean, goldenrod, black-eyed Susan, tall coneflower, Gulf Coast Penstemone, Meadow Pink, Rattlesnake Master, Prairie Land Plantain, Rushers, Sedges, and Cattails are common. Ducks, Herons, Egrets, Cranes, Wading Birds, Seagulls are common bird species. Representative vertebrates are Alligators, Toads, Frogs. These are a few of the many plants and animals in these lands. Some endangered species are the Texas Prairie Dawn, Tex South Texas Ambrosia, Blacklands Cactus, Slender Rush Pea, Atwater Prairie Chicken, the Piping Plover, Whooping Crane, Eskimo Curlew, and the White-Tailed Hawk. And also my favorite, the Sea Turtle. And some threatened species are the White-Faced Ibis, Texas Scarlet Snake, and the Smooth Green Snake. As you can see, there's a lot of animals that are threatened or endangered. And if you're wondering what the difference between threatened and endangered is, that endangered means a species is in danger of extinction throughout all or significant portion of its range. Threatened means a species is likely to become endangered within the foreseeable future. So know your differences. Now since we're on the topic of endangered species, I will talk about my favorite, the sea turtle. I've learned this from the world wildlife. Nearly all species of sea turtle are classified as endangered. Slaughtered for their eggs, meat, skin and shells, sea turtles suffer from poaching and overexploitation. They also face habitat destruction and accident accidental capture and fishing gear. Climate change has, had a, has had an impact on turtle nesting sites. It is hard to accurately measure their lifespan over this long period of time. The most consistent estimate is about 80 years. There are seven species of sea turtles. These sea turtles can also get up to 350 pounds. You know, one time I was in Florida on the beach walking at night and we were actually crab hunting, but we came across many eggs and people surrounding these eggs, Andre, and we figured out they were turtle, turtle eggs. And we actually watched live turtles being born and we watched them struggle to make it to the ocean, but they did because they followed the moon. And they went in the ocean, and we never saw them again. And they were little babies, and they were so cute. And I loved them, and I wish I had one, but they were amazing. And I've also been to Turtle Farm, but that was a real-life experience of watching turtles hatch. Wow. 
That is so cool. Hopefully one day I'll be able to watch sea turtles being born from when I'm at the coast. And some cool facts about your sea turtles that I read from the site EcoWatch is that they actually think the jellyfish are delicious. They're the ocean's lawnmowers. They cannot retract into their school like other turtles. Temperature dictates the sex of baby turtles. They've been around for a very, very long time. They can hold a breath for five hours underwater, and some will even live up to a hundred years. Wow, just more reasons why I think turtles are the coolest animals ever, and how I hope people realize we need to start helping these amazing creatures instead of polluting their homes. Garrett, I heard you have an ad have had an ad for our viewers to listen for now. That's right. I found a great website online where you can actually donate money to help the sea turtles. The website is www.seaturtles.org school fundraising. And actually every dollar matters. One dollar can actually save at least 10 sea turtles. Just imagine if everyone were to only give the bare minimum of just that. We could maybe save these turtles from going extinct and making them very populated. This website also provides prizes for schools if they donate to the website and field trips for kids at the school so they can travel to sea and get a real-life experience with the sea turtles to get a better understanding of them. If you have a dollar, I recommend considering donating it to the amazing program or even just looking into the website or telling others will even help the cause. Thank you, Garrett. As I will be looking into that website to donate some of my money to my favorite animal, the amazing sea turtle. Now, to switch almost completely and talk about some alligators because these animals are very populated in the Gulf prairies and marshes of Texas. Yes, these alligators are sure a scary creature down in these lands. I have read from nationalzoo.com that alligators are usually found in fresh water. They're very slow moving and they are also live in swamps, marshes, and lakes. But also these alligators are even found in people's pools and backyards. They can really only tolerate salt water for brief periods of time because they do not have salt glands. Alligators are also carnivorous animals. These animals will live for about 30 to 50 years and can also run up to 20 miles per hour. So I would not try to run and even get close to these bees. <laughs> Yes, I'll be keeping my distance from the alligators. And some cool facts about the alligators are that alligators are very toothy, meaning they consist of lots of teeth. Alligators continue to grow throughout their lifetimes. Alligators also have two kinds of walks. Alligators are considered to be the ecosystem engineers, and alligators also eat fruits at some times. Yes, so actually some of my friends killed one of the biggest alligators in the world and it was 21 feet and they live in dripping it's rj cabela if you ever knew him wow they might seem cool but they're very dangerous if you ever encounter one i recommend just running away from it even me because you know garrett i did go to state last year for track so i'm fast but i wouldn't risk it against an alligator yeah i would do the same thing and just hope they don't catch me or see me and whatever we both know i could beat you in the alligator you slow poke <laughs> you know you can actually eat an alligator and it's a popular dish in the gulf prairies and martian regions but also my favorite meal to eat when i'm there is catfish. I love me some catfish. My favorite is fried catfish with lemon juice and cocktail sauce. I love all the flavors of catfish, but friend is definitely fried is definitely a top one for me and I actually learned how to fry them. 
First, you have to heat a fryer or deep pot halfway filled with oil to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Sprinkle both sides of each catfish with salt and crab oil seasonings. In a separate bowl, combine the flour and cornmeal. Dredge the catfish in the flour mixture and place in fryer. Deep fry for approximately seven to eight minutes until done. Drain on paper towel and finally you get to eat the catfish one I, which I recommend putting with them hush puppies. <laughs> Dang, you really do have to make both of us some um, whenever we're hanging next time. Well, see about that. First, we have to get the catfish. Have you ever seen people noodling for catfish? It's actually really cool to watch. No, what's noodling? Some time of something of the <laughs> Italian pasta? No, what's noodling? Some type of Italian pasta? Noodling is fishing for catfish using one's bare hands and is practiced primarily in the southern United States like Texas. You're supposed to place your hand inside a discovered catfish hole. I've never done it before, but I've always wanted to try it. Man, that does seem so cool. You don't even need fishing poles for that one. If I get the opportunity to do it, I definitely will take on the challenge. Sounds good. Maybe we can plan a trip together to Corpus for all these amazing experiences and what we've talked about. We sure do need to get... We sure do need to go down. It really is a whole new world down there compared to up here. And it's always such a great time with so many different things to do when you're down there. I think that is all we have for y'all tuning in and listening to the amazing, wonderful, spectacular Gulf Paris and Marshes of Texas. We really appreciate all of our viewers. Yes, either way, we really do appreciate you guys and hope you tune in another time. Thanks again, Garrett Michael Kane and Andre Flores Perry. We are out. Peace out.